Target, maximum firepower. Ice for impact! Welcome to the Brace for Impact podcast, where we tell you how to be better at Star Wars Armada. Today we're going to analyze our last battle report and talk about the yellow objective cards. Uh, so the battle report went up today. Uh, Fleet of Justice versus Siege Howitzer. What did you think of this game? <sighs> this was honestly one of the worst games I've ever experienced in my entire time playing Star Wars Armada. I think what really tilted you this match was not that it was a really lopsided win, because it ended up not being that lopsided in terms of like the actual yeah. point differential, right? It was only ended up being like a hundred something point difference. Uh, but it was you know, expectation versus reality. Yeah, I agree. And I think after the first couple of activations of turn one, you were like, I'm going to smash this fucking nerd. And you ended up being the nerd that got <laughs> smashed instead. Yeah, dude. Not even after the first couple activations. I think after my third activation, which, I mean, I only have three activations. So after my last interdictor went, I was like, this isn't looking good for me at all anymore. Like, after deployment, I was like, this nerd is going to die turn two. There's fucking no business for him to be even on the same table as me. It's over. And then, yeah. and then Ketsu started attacking. And then Gold Squadron started attacking. Yeah. And then I'm like, uh-oh. I'm the one in danger. Because now you're rolling... I'm in, danger. <laughs> I'm in danger. Now you're rolling Sato Black Dice at me from long range. And I have no way to escape. That's what I was feeling. <laughs> you're, I'm not trapped in here with you. You're trapped in here with me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking exactly. Like when I turned your, your Assault Frigate to, to speed zero and you couldn't move, you were like... I'll stay here. Are you going to stay here? I'll stay here. I'll stay here all fucking game. And he started picking up my ships off the fucking table. And I'm like, I don't know how to deal with this. So for those of you who haven't seen the video, you should watch it before you listen to the podcast. But it was surprise attack. And I think you were surprised that I picked that objective. Because I like in my head, it's literally the most awful pick for anyone playing against the Siege Howitzer right. list because it puts you right right in the pocket. It's like a hole-in-one for me. It's the dream of whoever is running an Onager of knowing where the most prized ship is. And also, if no one has watched this match, you should like go and watch it because I have two interdictors with the grabwell projectors that when a ship deploys in the um, at distance one to three of those little object or uh, grabwell tokens, they get reduced to speed zero. So it means you deploy one ship right in the pocket of my onager, and you deploy everything else on the other side of the fucking board. The dream, right? And by one ship, we mean the flagship. The flagship. The flagship. Right. 
But what I fucking forgot is that squadrons can get deployed uh, at distance one to two of any ship. Including the flagship that you pulled forward on the board because of the prize Including attack. the flagship that got pulled forward on the fucking board. That's really what fucked me over was those squadrons. I feel like if you didn't have those squadrons, they would be a different fucking story. Yeah. Also, I feel like uh, double interdictor is kind of a diminishing return. Like, yes, I get the the grab well, like double grab well, I get all their shenanigans. But like without the targeting scrambler Brunson nonsense with the interdictor, I don't know if they're as survivable as they should be. I get what you're saying. And I'm going to make a couple of thoughts clear about this match, which is you should have won. And I think we both agree that you should have won based on like if you freeze frame at the beginning of turn one, I think you should have won. I disagree with you. I think I brought the wrong cannon to this long range battle. I should have had the long range turbo laser onager cannon and cataclysm. I brought the wrong one, though I brought the reduced range one, the medium range ignition cannon, mm. and I didn't bring Cataclysm. I should have brought those so I could hit you turn one. And then you would have been done. You, your, your assault frigate would have been killed at turn two instead of the end of round three. That was my problem. It, it, let's say that nothing else changed except for that, right? Mm hmm. I still would have killed an interdictor before you killed it. So then why are you saying I should have won? Because that? if you watch what you do with your interdictor, you actually go maximum velocity at my fleet with the interdictor on the outside edge. He goes speed 2 plus yeah, yeah, engine yeah. techs in to get right up into range. And you could have just hung back and gone speed two. Well, even if I hung back, all of your ships that were attacking me could have attacked me anyway. They were in they were in range at my speed two anyway. My squadrons might have been in range, but pushing them that far would have made them out of range for my next turn's activation of squadrons, because I don't have boosted comms, and I would have been out of range to hit you with dice from my main ship. The squads that were doing damage had Rogue. The only, the only one that didn't have Rogue was Gold Squadron. Gold which and... you could have you could have run him in there at turn one to attack. Yeah. Because speed uh, distance three isn't that small, you know? That's that's a wide fucking True. distance. And then you could just attack when I ran over you the next turn. So I think what you're saying isn't really supportive of what you're saying that i could have survived well there's two things there's the first thing is your interdictor being in range of the assault frigate meant it took a red and two blacks which did i think three or four damage to it if the interdictor oh, it, did, it did two okay it did two damage you, you did four damage then i braced all and, you and needed to do with that interdictor was activate it and get your engineering off and remove Two damage. Yeah, but the the problem with that is you went first and then popped me. Right. What I'm saying is even a little bit here 
would have prevented the pop by staying out of my red range or those squadrons that all activated at the top of turn two and did basically the double round of shots from the squadrons, they would have been out of squadron range if you didn't boot, if you didn't engine tech in. So then they wouldn't have gone until the squadron phase, so you could have repaired, flacked with multiple ships, all that kind of stuff could have kicked in. I'm not saying it would have been mm. not dying, that interdictor, necessarily. I'm just saying... But maybe it, it would have at least gone off at least one more... At right. least once yeah. in the fucking game? Yeah. That interdictor didn't get to shoot at all. Right. Yeah, that was a... That was a disaster. That was like such a critical error, I feel. Like if we weren't recording, I would have stopped that game right in like next game. That was over yeah. at that you point. You did kind of claw back after that in some regard by taking out the assault frigate, taking out the hammerhead. Yeah, I agree that I was able to like come back a little bit, but like that's not the way I like my games to go. Right. I want my games to be such an oppressive difference of power but not against me. I don't like to feel that way. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when I feel that way, I'm like, this is awful. I need to play something else. It's terrible. Yeah. I, I feel like the mistake that I made, and I know you're going to be like, what do you mean you made this mistake, was I actually delayed the activation of my Assault Frigate. In the first round. On the first right? round. Yeah, I, I realized because that, yeah. I did not believe you could get within range 5 of me to stop me. Yeah. So you did. You activated the interdictor and barely got into range five of my assault frigate and then put me down to speed zero effectively. So now I'm stuck in that spot and can't get away. Now, on the one hand, that mm -hmm. meant the other interdictor died. But I really would have preferred to... <laughs> move my cap my capital ship out of fucking the onager arc and keep it alive so i don't know if i don't know how much that would have helped you though it would have just moved you forward like a little bit because i was already speed one from uh your you already officer. speed one and so that doesn't really like yeah it doesn't really get you anywhere like at worst it gives me a, an additional die when i'm attacking you but i don't think it changes the range band at all yeah I feel like maybe taking decaps or something off of the uh, hammerhead to get Hondo in this somewhere, you know, his ability to give me a nav token would have been able to get me back up to speed two and on with my life. Yeah, I think that was a misunderstanding of the way raid works because I was reading about it the other day. Yeah. And you can reveal a dial and then take a nav token from a nav. And then next turn, you can spend that token to clear the nav, uh, the nav raid. But I still wouldn't speed up. No, I mean, you have the, the nav raid on round one, right? Yeah. You reveal a nav command dial. You can't spend it, but you can translate it into a token. Uh... Then on round two, you can spend that token... To clear, to clear the, the nav raid and then use your command dial to go up to two. Right. The only way I... But that still wouldn't have kicked in until round three. Oh, I guess it could have done... No, if I, I guess if I had done two nav dials in a row, right? 
Yeah, two nab dials in a row would have done it. Yeah. But really, like, doing the two squadrons in a row was like, really fucking swung the game. It was better than that. Yeah. Especially, like, the way your, your Sato worked out and everything. It was... Yeah. And, shit. and I'll say the, the only reason it was better is because I out activated you. So I was able to wait for your interdictor to come in to play. Then it was in red range and it was in range of all my squadrons to fire and still be within close medium of the assault frigate to activate again yeah. on the next I turn. Just, I just wasn't anticipating the squadrons at distance one to two of your flagship to like screen it from all my, my bad motherfuckers, you know? Yeah. I was fully prepared to sack the assault frigate and like just be like okay it's 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 screwed i'm gonna just fight him with everything else and uh it worked out better than i thought i think it worked out way better like because when you picked it when you picked surprise attack you you were telling me that this was the one that you could take the most advantage of mm -hmm. and i didn't believe you until you did obviously and i think that like this episode of brace for impact battle reports is like the perfect example of how to analyze the opponent's objectives when they have second player and to choose the right objective for your fleet against their fleet. Right. I will say I cut out about 10 minutes of me thinking about which objective to pick from the video. <laughs> yeah, it seemed a lot shorter in, yeah. the, in the video than when we were actually standing there. There, w there was like... I gave you the, the cards and we just stood there in silence for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And I think the other options were um, Doomed Station and Asteroid Abandoned Mining Facility. Yeah, which I still have yet to get you to pick. Doomed Station is fun and I want to play it, but I felt like its combination with the Interdictors would be so obnoxious. It is so obnoxious. And then mining facility with interdictors also, you just generate too many points. Surprise attack sucked, but I was like, he's only getting 100 points from it maximum from my flagship. Yeah, I think that's the problem with my objective um, picks, is I had two that were able to generate me so many points. And then there was one clear pick that was like, even if I if even if first player is at a disadvantage, it doesn't generate any extra points right. for second player. And I think that's where the hole in my in my game plan was. Is that even when I killed your flagship, that was it. I didn't get any extra points from that. Yeah. I also think maybe two onagers and one interdictor. I don't think two onagers is good. I don't think one onager is good. I, I don't think the onager is a good ship. I don't think it's a good platform, dude. Yeah, I know. It's fun to play for sure, but I think that the advantage you get from having the um, ignition firing arc is uh, decreased when you take the, the blue, the medium range version, the super yeah. heavy turbo laser. Um. I think if you take an onager, you want to take the extra long range one, the ignition long super heavy cannon. Because when I was shooting at you, like, if I want, I want ignition close, obviously. I want to roll all the dice in my ignition arc, right. you know, like everyone does. Um, I'm pretty fucking close to you at that point. Yeah. Like, I'm almost, I'm almost there at, at just long range, you know. 
that doesn't feel like that much of an advantage. Like when I was playing against you, I was like, yeah, I'll just do like a speed two, you know, and I'll like hold back and not really get there. But like, what is the reason for that? I'm like putting myself at like a, an aggressive disadvantage so that I can kind of make this shitty arc work. And it's not even that many dice compared to like an ISD. Right. The only benefit is that I can shoot you and you can't shoot me. Which is a benefit. But um, Which is like a benefit, but if I don't have two accuracies, it doesn't really do any damage. Because if I only have one, I'm accuracy in your evade so that you don't cancel two dice. fucking dice. Yes. <laughs> it's like, okay, so the maximum damage I can do is two right. at extreme range. It's like, my point is, like, if you're running the Onager, you want the ignition long experimental super heavy cannon. And do you want the test bed or the destroyer? Like, I don't know. I think that's dependent on how you're building your onager. Like if if you're wanting the um like a sensor team or H9s to guarantee that accuracy, I guess you run the uh fucking test bed or something. I don't know. I don't know. I think the um ignition long, even though its crit effect isn't as good. I think the benefit of attacking from extreme range, like real extreme range, is better than getting like long range plus close range. Right. You know? Yeah. It's not that much of a benefit when you're running the medium ignition cannon. Cool. You want to talk about some core set objectives? Prefer yellow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. All right. So we're doing yellow objectives this week. I'm going to start with the core sets. Okay. But first, a word from our sponsors. What? Do we have sponsors? No. We don't have sponsors, you motherfucker. You fucking confuse me. Okay, so... Nobody sponsors this show. But if you want to, it would go right here. It would go right here. I mean, what would we talk about from sponsors? We would say how great their products were. Yeah, and we would tell everyone how your stuff is and to go buy it yeah all like 40 people who listen to this show that's a lot 40 is a lot this is a lot all right it always surprises me when when those numbers pop up all right contested outpost are you ready i'm ready place obstacles as normal excluding the station then the second player places the station in the setup area beyond distance one of all obstacles and beyond distance five of both players edges the station does not obstruct attacks and does not have the ability to discard damage cards or recover hull points at the end of each round the player sums the command values of his ship to distance one of the station the player with the highest gains 20 point victory token this is like the most vanilla ice cream objective uh, of all time and I, I think it's fine. You say that like vanilla ice cream is bad. No, no, it's not day. bad. It's just, it, you know, this is a classic. You know, this is a very straightforward objective in, in compared to some of the stuff that they make these days. Yeah. Well, Contested Outpost is one of the best objectives. Is it? It is. Well, here's the thing. Here's why it's so good. First off, 
the points differential. I mean, you got, like, if you can contest the outpost for six turns, that's, you're starting the game off with 120 point spread. Right. That's not nothing. That's a whole ISD. Okay. Like, if nothing else happens in the game, if you're second player and you, you have the outpost, you have an ISD against your opponent. Right. Secondly, um, the way setup is worded, you place three obstacles, first player places two. That's an advantage. Well, you place four, right? Because you also place the station. What's... Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You place four, and the opponent places two. I mean, like, that's pretty fucking good. Right. So you get, con- you get command of the board state. And uh, the opponent just doesn't doesn't have that that control. I mean, you're controlling the entire field of battle before turn one. You get to tell them where to go and where not to go, based on where the obstacles and uh, the uh, outpost is, the station. So all of that is great, but I think if you're putting contested outposts as one of your objectives, you need to ensure that your fleet is compatible with it like you want something like with three or four command that's a thick boy that's and just go in there well, yeah for sure like you don't near the objective outpost with like msu ships you know right. you want an isd you want, you want a MC-80s. starhawk yeah you want you want ics you want mc80s you want starhawks and i mean you put it at distance five i mean you can get there turn one and then you get 20 points, they get fucking nothing. Right. And you slow down your ship. Yeah. You go speed one and you take it every round. And you say, and come, they in keep coming me, at come you. Come to me and contest yeah, this. And you sit there. And then you're you're just in command of the game for the whole game, every round. And you just have to make sure that your ship doesn't, you know, run away from the outpost. That can happen. Yeah, this one's pretty straightforward. You know, like, what do you think about this one? Like, what what kind of fleets do you run with this? Uh, I mean, the fleets that run with this that I would play would probably be Fortress of Solitude, right? Yeah, for sure. Just give me a big bad boy, sit that Starhawk down, camp the the outpost. This is this is an objective that I actually don't put in my list a lot because it promotes a play style. For me, as second player, to be not proactive. When I enter the yeah. board and contested outpost is my objective, and I'm second player, I am essentially saying, "I will sit here now and wait for you to come in." And that is generally not uh, that's generally not how I play. Yeah, and it can also telegraph where your fleet is going to deploy. Sure, because obviously the first player will see like. That's the station. Right. They're gonna want to be over there. Yeah. It promotes like either and, and a, point all a their straight guns joust, or the other player is afraid to move into your shit, so just tries to pick a couple of things off at the end of round five or six, and tries to make it like a five six or six five. Yeah, it, I just think it and tends to lead like, to boring games. Yeah, it can be kind of boring, 
And if you run against someone who has like an interdictor with graph shift reroute, it can kind of fuck you over. Right. Never pick this because you'll like put the station yeah. down, and then they'll be like, "Gotcha, bitch." Right. Station's mine now. You know. And then your fleet that was starting at an advantage is now like at a disadvantage. Right. But a classic what, card. Though. What do you rate this? What What do you rate this card? Oh, we're gonna do the ratings now ABC, instead of the end. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do it now instead of the end. This I is think a at C. the end it, it kind of like fucks it up. This is a C. Yeah. Wow. This you think it's that low? I really like this objective. I would say this is a B, not an A, but it's still really good. Like, like if you have the fleet set up for it and the opponent isn't ready for contested outposts, you can really fuck them over. That's fair. But it's lack of fun brings it down to a, a C for me. I guess that's true. All right. Next up is Next one. Fire Lanes. After placing obstacles, the second player places three objective tokens in the setup area beyond distance four of both players' edges. Then the first player may move each objective token to within distance one to two of its current position. And at the end of each round, each player gains a victory token for each objective token they control. Now, basically, the way you determine control is measuring attack range and line of sight from each ship's hull zone and pretend you, you're attacking each objective token. And whichever player has the most dice that can shoot at that objective token, they quote-unquote win it, and they get 15 points for each one of those that they win. What do you think about fire lanes? All right, I want you to hear me for this one, okay? If you have someone that's playing this game and you want them to never play this game again, tell them to pick fire lanes from your objective pool. Okay? This is one of those cards that you can have a bad... Like, if you don't know that this is coming, it'll take the rug out from under your feet and you'll end up on your ass. You'll, you'll pick it and you'll, you'll think that, oh yeah, my ships can, can get the fire lanes tokens, or at least some of them. You know, they'll probably be spread out around the board. If you don't know this shit is coming, if you've never played against someone who knows how to use fire lanes, and you don't know what's about to happen, I'll tell you. They're going to take all three objective tokens and stack them on top of each other, okay? That's not illegal. They'll put them on top of each other like a tower of pancakes. And then you get to move those tokens distance one to two, okay? That's a small fucking area it's not as big as you think it will be then they will proceed to get 270 fucking points and the game will be over and you, they will get 270 points without shooting <laughs> like you're desperate without shooting right. anything it puts first player in a position of being like i must charge in there he's getting 45 points every turn that i don't get in there charge i must race as quickly as possible into him right so it's like thanks come into exactly where i want you to come the thing is you try and you you see what's happening at turn one you see that they just got 45 points going speed one right and they didn't shoot anything that's a whole corvette right holy shit that's a whole fucking corvette you just lost a corvette at turn one right. how can this be okay now it's turn two. You realize, okay, I have to go in there. I have to go. I have to go in hard. Let's let's increase speed. Everything. You'll you'll boost up all your ships. 
If they're big, they'll go speed two. You'll be able to attack at long range, okay? That's what happens. End of round two. They get another 45 points, okay? Let's, let's see what that is. That's fucking 90 points you're out. Yep. A whole victory Star Destroyer you're out. Start of turn two. All right. Are you having fun yet? This, this game is like dying of cancer. Very fast. I'm not saying that this objective card is poorly designed, but it feels like having cancer for two hours, and at the end of the second hour, you're dead. If I could make a change to fire lanes to make it less cancer, it would be that each of the tokens needs to be distance five away from each other when they're yes. placed by second player, right? Because then there are multiple lanes to fire at instead of this you know, pancake stack, which is more like this card should be called fire zone, right? Or fire, fire lane, lane. singular. <laughs> yeah. uh, so if you want to play fire lanes, if you're first player and you're looking don't. at it, don't pick it. Don't. Now there is one alternative, Never. right? Which is um, if you have ships with Intel. No, strategic. Strategic, no, my bad. If you strategic have... squadrons can help with fire lanes they can help yeah but typically no one's going to put fire lanes as one of their objectives unless they have strategic squadrons of their own and they can drag these motherfuckers along with their big ass ship across the board so you never get an opportunity to get between it and the tokens this is on the same level as advanced gunnery this is an a card right where it's 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 a black card never pick it yeah ever like if your opponent has big ships with a lot of dice and you see oh there's one home one on on the other side of the board there's there's one isd2 and he's got fire lanes i think i can handle that you can't it fire lanes just says at that point you cannot pick this card you have to pick a different card yeah it's the most uh, like egregious feeling cards that you could possibly pick as an objective i would say it would feel better to pick advanced gunnery than picking fire lanes you end the game and they've gotten like 600 points and you've got a hundred <laughs> yeah. and you you don't even understand how it can be possible so yeah it, that's the reality of fire lanes. If you've never had it, had it happen to you before, uh, just be glad it hasn't, because it feels awful. Now there is, uh, I think, a video on Brace for Impact where you beat me with fire lanes, and you picked it against my fleet. So maybe you prove that it is possible. To all the people who are listening, you can't be like me. Okay? I'm just better than all of you at this oh, game. I play it more than all anyone who is listening to this. I play this game more than you. Okay. Okay. So you just can't aspire to be like me. And that's just the way it is. Okay. You're kind of a dumbass. Okay. Next is, <laughs> next is fleet ambush. The portion of the setup area that is beyond distance five of any edge of the setup area is the ambush zone. Players mark the corners of the ambush zone with objective tokens. Uh, so this is basically the setup, like the setup area it's saying is, is everything 
in the center of the board, right? And beyond distance five is just the part of the setup zone in the center. Players play, take turns deploying fleets as normal, but must deploy all ships before deploying squadrons. The first player must deploy ships within the ambush zone on his odd-numbered deployment turns, starting with his first turn. And he cannot deploy ships or squadrons overlapping obstacles in the ambush zone. After setup is complete, he removes all objective tokens from the play area. So basically what this says, and this is basically the only rule of this objective, is numbers 1, 3, 5, I guess 7 also ships that the first player deploys must go in the center of the board. Mm -hmm. That's true. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Now, this is, this is another card where I'm just going to take over right here, okay? If you're new to the game and you think that this goes. gives you an advantage as second player, you're fucking wrong, okay? This, now listen to me here. This Fleet Ambush is a trap card for you, okay? As second player. If you're thinking of adding this to your objective pool, you need an extremely specific kind of list before you add this to your objective pool. You want a Starhawk. You want double ISDs. You need a, a different kind of list for Fleet Ambush to survive certain kind of lists that you'll encounter, okay? Why is, why, so, so why is this a trap for, for people who don't know why this, this is, is a trap? Okay, this is a trap, okay, okay. Go to your, whatever board you're playing at. Put your, your range ruler, distance five, from your edge, okay? Put your ship, you know, you, you, you kind of want to be aggressive. You put it at, at distance three, like right up on the edge of your deployment, okay? Now, put an Avenger ISD with boarding troopers at distance two from that. If you're looking at your fleet at the start of round one and you think that's okay, you can take fleet ambush. You have my permission. Okay? But if you can't deal with an Avenger boarding troopers ISD turn one at close range, you should think of a different objective to take because that's the reality yep. is you're going to experience that one day and the Avenger ISD is going to remove your ship from the board at the top of turn one and then do it again round two and three and the game will be over and you'll wonder why you're second player. Yeah, the, the, problem, the problem here is that you're basically, you're second player, right? So you're, the first player could put their scary shit in your face and activate it and delete a ship before it can even activate the first activation of the game. Like That's a huge yeah. potential possibility. And it doesn't have to be an Avenger ISD, right? Like, how about... But um, I, I know, it Yavaris. doesn't have to be that. But that's, that's what feels the world. Oh, fuck. Right? Yavaris can, <laughs> Yo, can go Yavaris. there, right? And squadrons deploy well, at what range of ships? One to two. Guess One what? One to two. You can deploy your freaking squadrons on top of the ships. Like, they don't have to move. So, like, Yavaris can freaking have, like, I don't know, Nim and Kian Farlander, like, right in your face, right? Like, gagoosh, gagoosh. Turn right? one. Yeah. Like, a carrier would freaking love this. A demolisher would freaking love this, right? Like, how about someone who has, like, 
seven ships, right? And they're putting four in your face turn one. There are a lot of fleets that really, really, really enjoy this. How about yeah. Radis, right? How about I drop, uh, you know, an end, in addition to the fleet ambush ships, I also drop an MC-75 in your face. It's just... Yeah, the MC-75 is the worst. That's a bulky fucking ship. Yeah. Look, like, when you're thinking about these objectives, you have to make up for the severe disadvantage of not going first. Okay? Like, going first is such a huge advantage. And if you let them start close as fuck to you, you're losing your second player advantage. And Fleet Ambush is like, God, you've really got to have something that is prepared for that. That won't just suddenly die. Yeah. It also takes away your ability and to it, deploy squadrons early, right? So you lose deployment advantage. You can't even, like, bait them out, right? It's, it's really... Yeah, this is an, F, that's, this is that's an a, F card, in my opinion. Yeah, this is an F card for me as well. It's like, oh, we didn't do fire lanes. Fire lanes is obviously an A tier. Yeah, it's A tier. It's A tier. A tier. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fleet Ambush is an F. So fucking hard. Also, because there's, there's nothing else that it does for you. Right. It's basically saying that your opponent is now deploying closer to your fleet. Yeah. Which, if you didn't know, isn't good for you at all. Right. Next objective. Hyperspace Assault. Before deploying fleets, the second player sets aside one of his small or medium ships and up to three of his squadrons. He does not deploy them during setup. Then he places three objective tokens in the play area beyond distance three of both players' edges. And essentially these tokens are your, your hyperspace beacons where your ship will, will appear at some point later in the game. So mm -hmm. at the start of any round, after the first round, the second player can deploy the ship and squadrons that they set aside at distance one of an objective token, then remove them all. Uh, the ship can be deployed overlapping squadrons. The first player places those squadrons of the ship to overlap them while in fact. Uh, every turn that the second player doesn't deploy, they can move each objective token distance one of its current position. Yeah. This, okay. What do you think about this? Tell me what uh, you think about this, because I don't think much Of the this. four objectives... I think there are four yellow objectives in the core set. This one is the most fun. Yeah. I think it's the it's very most thematic. thematic, fun, interesting, and like, I'll, like as someone who likes to be a little bit creative with the way that I'm using objectives and building fleets around them, like this one allows you to be creative in a way that these other ones are very, very boring. Um, so I really like hyperspace assault, regardless of its its like power level, quote unquote. It's a fun objective. Yeah. But other than it being like fun, what do you think about it? Like, have have you used it a lot, or I don't, I don't know, use like, it a lot. I don't use it um, a lot either. It's like so. Number one is the downside is like you're losing you know, any objective. Yeah, any objective that messes with your deployments in a negative way is like not ideal necessarily. Um, and then like you have to think a lot about okay, well, what ship do I want to not have on the table until some point in later when it might be better? Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, I always, always think about the MC30 as a rebel player of like, if I'm doing hyperspace assault, that's the juicy, juicy, right? I want the MC30 to pop in maybe behind their ISD or next to their Quasar or, you know, double arcing their onager on turn two, right? Like, yeah, I would agree that the MC30 is the juicy, juicy. Or like Gladiator for um, the Empire. Or, you know, the, the biggest problem with the victory is its speed, right? So a victory popping in, you know, turn three or whatever, all up in everyone's face, like, hey, cool, makes up for its deficit, right? Um, it's just dangerous. You have to be... You have to have the big cojones because basically you're saying, take my ship off the board and every turn I get to look at the board and hopefully I can put it in a position where I can take big advantage of and it won't just drop in and get focus fired down by everything and then die. Yeah. The issue or, I see with this card is that it's you place those tokens before deploying fleets. Yep. So, I mean... You don't really have much knowledge of where they're intending to be. Yep. And also, um, being a core set objective, this has a severe disadvantage against strategic squadrons. And, I mean, if your opponent has a strategic squadron, they'll be like, oh, I'll pick hyperspace assault, and I'll send them into the fucking abyss. I'll, I'll just run my strategic squadron over there, move your token to the fucking edge of the board, and there you go. Good luck. You're not in the game anymore. Right. And every turn you don't warp it in is a turn you're down in activation. Yeah, that's, you that's may be such a significant disadvantage. Yeah. I just but, can't find a scenario where I would be playing a game and agree to be down in activation and a ship. Like, being a down in activation is like, already super significant but being down like a ship that can do damage because let's be honest that's what you're putting aside is a ship that can do damage so you can get it in a better position i mean that's that's a huge call but but right on this objective there are scenarios where when it works it works amazingly right like, when it works it works amazingly yeah right like let's say that you're going up against like I don't know, like a Sloan squadron ball. Well, you know, if your scariest threat is demo or admo or, you know, Vic, a Vic one or something, like, where are they going to send their squadrons? <laughs> yeah. You know, are they going to send it at your, your fleet that's on the board? Or are they going to leave them near the quasar to protect it? in case the shark shows up, right? Yeah. It puts your opponent in a difficult situation. What if your opponent is running a Starhawk, right? And like you drop a gladiator behind it, right? And you just match its speed every turn, double arc, next turn, double arc, next turn, double arc, right? And it just I would can't... say the Starhawk is a bad example because that is such such a degenerate fortress that like the gladiator can't pick that up in 
in the last first thing. It, it, you know, it just not, can't. Not in one, no, no, not in one turn. But what I'm saying is a gladiator can drop in directly behind the Starhawk, match your speed to it, because you get to set your speed dial when, when you, you deploy, deploy it. it. Yeah. So if the Starhawk's two, you go two, right? And, you know, you double, you, du you shoot, shoot, and then you just move up into the gap that it made when it activated. Yeah. You just follow its ass over and over and over again, and you know, what can it do? Can't get away. Can't get its arcs in range. It'll probably just survive, honestly, <laughs> being a Starhawk. Like, the Starhawk will example. probably just be alive, and then the Gladiator will be dead. Mm. I think the Starhawk is, like, a bad example for that. But anyway, so, Hyperspace Assault, what do you rate this? Like, we know that the Dream is putting it, like, right up against it, but I think it's such yeah. a disadvantage from not having an activation for, like, two rounds of the game yeah i'm feeling is, it i'm feeling it i feel like this is a d i don't think i it's think it's as a bad you think it's a b yeah it seems say, so fun i say put so your fun. money where your mouth is and, and put this in your objective pool maybe i will soon maybe i will for uh fleet of justice and have that mc30 pop in behind you look there there are two holdouts in the core set objectives, and that's Contested Outpost and Fire Lanes. And they're just significantly better than Fleet Ambush and Hyperspace Assault. Only because they give you victory tokens with points. Like, that just makes them better. If, if better means helps you win the game more, then yes. Hyperspace Assault and Fleet Ambush are lesser than the other two, with Fleet Ambush obviously being the worst, and Fire Lanes obviously being the best. Contested Outpost, you know, I guess if, like, the only way I'm rating these is which one helps you win games more, it's Firelands is A, Contested Outpost is B, Fleet and, uh, Hyperspace Assault is C, and Fleet Ambush is F. Right? Yeah. You just never take Fleet Ambush. Like, you'll eventually I'm just run bumping Hyperspace fleet, Assault like... up and Firelands down one tier because of fun. That's yeah. all. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. And yes, I am rating things on based on how they let me win games, yes. You ready for some Karelian conflict? Capture the VIP. Set up after placing obstacles, the second player places one objective token at distance one of any obstacle and beyond distance five of all edges of the setup area. Okay, cool. So you place a token on the board near an obstacle. When a ship at distance one of the objective token reveals a command dial, right? So it's not when you land there, you have to wait till the next turn to reveal your command dial. The ship's owner can remove the objective token and place it on the ship's card. When a ship with the objective token on its ship card is destroyed, the opposing player places the objective token in the play area, touching the destroyed ship's base. And at the end of the game, a player's ship has the objective token. The player gains 50-point victory token. This is a really cool, really thematic objective that basically, you know, your ship moves up to the VIP, quote-unquote. You know, kind of like send someone out to bring it in. It's like picking up an escape Tries pod, to run away with you know? it. Yep. And everyone else is trying to destroy that ship so they can get the... VIP? VIP. So everyone's trying to fight over the VIP. We, this, this was one of the first games we played on Brace for Impact, I think. Yeah, it was uh, Suicide Squad versus... Um, I don't remember what the name of the, they were. It was the bad one with the double MC-30s. The bad one with the double MC-30s. What was it? 
I don't think he named that one. He did. He made me. Did I make you name it? Well, unless, oh, I think it was Suicide Squad Rides again. Yeah, you didn't even fucking name that one. Let me see I what, still what like this came up with it. objective. You still you like really it? Lost that gift. I, think, <laughs> I think this objective is cool. Like, again, very thematic. It gives you victory points, which the objectives that give you victory points are just better than the ones that don't. And like, even though 50 is not that much, I mean, I mean, you can get this and get a little bit of a swing. Yeah, this one's fun. It's, uh, it's not super, like, you don't have to put a, a ton of thought into this objective. If you're doing Capture the VIP, you want a list that can, like, take a hit. You want some ship that is really a lifeboat. You know, it's safe, it's tough, it's strong. That's what you want. And well, if you I have think you that, can also take ships that, that aren't, like, super beefy. Um, but fast and evasive, like CR90s or MC30s with foresight, and you blitz in, and then you just go speed three, speed four, and, and just try and evade. I don't think that's a good strategy for like winning hard, but I think that can let you take control of the game. Uh, the problem I have with Capture the VIP is that it lets you direct the, the flow of the game by positioning the objective token in a certain area that tells the first player that's where I'm going to go. Yep. And they know where you're going to go. You know where you're going to go. And you should have just taken fire lanes. All right. Like it's just similar enough to fire lanes where you can get more points round one, round two, than you can possibly get from capture the VIP. And that's yeah. why I think we don't see this card. So the only thing I'll say about this as opposed to something like Fire Lanes is if I have a list that's not as uh, powerful ships, right? Yeah. I've got some small bases, some medium bases, right? Like maybe like Admonition, right, is one of my threats. Um, Gallant yeah. Haven is one of my threats. Uh, you know, maybe I've got Jaina's Light. I think this uh, is better for small ships like MSU than Fire Lanes is for large ships, right. you know. Specifically, small ships with some ability to mitigate damage beyond their defense tokens. Yeah. Um, or supplanted by some extra defensive capability. Um, you know, for example, on my list that I brought when we played, I had an Assault Frigate, but I put RBDs on it. Yeah. Right, so he had a little bit of extra toughness. Now, they didn't get to go off. Um, tells us something about reinforced blast doors. But don't just attach this to your list and say, I'm done. Think, you know, think a little bit about which ship is going to grab this objective and how are they going to prevent them from dying? You know, either they can get it and get the hell out. Or they need to be able to take a shot from an ISD to reds and blues. And and then get out of range, and so speed three is a must, and and six plus health and that kind of stuff. Yeah, because if you're placing the token beyond distance five, like an ISD two can go speed three, turn one, and have you in blues at that point. You have to think about that. 
Like certain ships just can't take that kind of damage. Right. But um, I, I don't know. I like this card. What what do you rate this? I'd say C. This yeah, C. C. This is a C card. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. This is Fighter Ambush, baby. I hate cards like this, man. Or we sh- I shit all over this card, one of our podcasts, and then got my lunch absolutely eaten by it. Yeah, I, uh, I ate your lunch that day. <laughs> oh, fuck. And then told you you were fat all at the same time. <laughs> no. Set up. Oh. Before deploying fleets, the second player sets aside all his squadrons. After deploying fleets, the second player deploys all of his squadrons. Each of his squadrons can be placed as normal or at distance one of an obstacle. But all his squadrons must be beyond distance five of the first player's edge. This is this is fighter ambush because you didn't say the title. After a squadron performs an attack against a ship, if the defender was dealt at least one damage card, the squadron's owner gains one victory token worth 15 points. And when you're editing this um, and you hear yourself say, you didn't say the title, and then you'll go back and you'll listen to the edit, and you'll be like, fuck, you did say the title. Okay, I am drunk right But now, I was too so. busy reading about fighter ambush eating my shit. Was it the Halloween episode? Um, it was. I think it was, it was yeah, it was the, Halloween the, fi- the Halloween episode that you fighter ambushed the shit out of me. Yeah. If you want to see how to play fighter ambush, honestly, it did better than I thought it would do. It did amazing. The ghost fleet. Um... Well, all right. You Let lose me... deployments, right? That's the downside. You lose your de- you, you you lose your fighter deployments, which can be typically four or maybe even five deployments that you lose. Yeah, it's it's a lot of deployment advantage that you lose, but it gives you a weird kind of positional advantage where you wait until everything is deployed, and then you place your squadrons right in front of wherever the biggest threat is. Uh, I would compare this. Even to um, fire lanes. I would say that uh, when big ships want fire lanes, squadron lists want fighter ambush. Because even if you take away all of the setup rules and you still place all of the fighters as normal after deployment just by your ships, I mean, if a squadron does damage, you get a victory token. You've got a lot of fucking squadrons that can do ship damage. That's a lot of fucking points. Yeah, there's this interesting thing with fighter ambush though, because we we both have talked crap about this card, right? Yeah. Um, if you are very aggressive with the deployment of your squadrons, and you're like, I'm gonna get them so close, I'm gonna have my X-wings up this star destroyer's asshole on turn one, right? Mm-hmm. You forget that on turn two, well, and turn one really, but. You have to activate how them. are you gonna how are you gonna activate these squadrons? Yeah. How the yeah. hell are you gonna activate these squadrons? Because when this was created, uh, relay was designed to be used anywhere on the map. Yeah. Right? And so the idea was and, and flotillas uh, were unlimited. God, yeah. Right? What a nightmare, right? So you used to be able to have Yavaris and four three flotillas, flotillas uh, with like two or three uh, fucking relay ships 
and activate your entire fleet from anywhere on the map and just have them positioned really far ahead. This is none of these things work anymore, right? Now, you know, relay exists, right? But it's more like an extension. It just extends by about three range. Mm -hmm. Your ability to activate squadrons. And which, to be Boosa fair, comms is the way it should well. have been originally. Right, right, right. Relay should have never been across the map. But uh, boosted comms also extends your activation range. However, don't get so aggro with your squadrons and you know get make them vulnerable to being out of position and unable to be activated by your ships. You need what is it? Flight commander, right? That lets you move the ship and then activate the squadrons. Yeah. You need boosted comms, you need relay, you need some way to reach across the board and command your squadrons. Rogue works also. Um, the, the the other problem is, and you know, the Ghost Fleet kind of takes advantage of this, but unlike you, many players fly squadrons also. So if you're a second player and I they're fly first squadrons player, a lot, okay, I do. It's just I haven't have been like, flying them recently. We have like 15 hours of footage on the channel that says otherwise. Uh, but what I'm saying is. If you play against someone who has squadrons also, and you put 130 points of squadrons on their side of the board with nothing to activate them, and they have 80 points of squadrons with something to activate them, they will kill it. They will kill your squadrons before they can go. Right? Yeah, they will sure. flak them if they're in flak range. They will pounce on them with their ties and eat your shit prevent you from being able to uh, jump on their ship it'll just be it'll just be a disaster you have, like, to have a, wow. you have to have a plan to, to activate them like if if they get pounced by flight controllers how runner tie interceptors like they're fucking dead right so the more threatening the enemy's squadron force the more reserved you need to be with your fighter ambush and I think that's the a good way thing to describe is this. you get to see their fleet before you start placing your obstacles. So if you see a Sloan list before maybe, you start placing or, your squadrons, well, yeah, but before also before you start placing the obstacles, because they have to be placed at distance one of the obstacles, right? So when no, wait, you're you, placing you said your obstacles, you get to see their fleet before you start placing their obstacles, like yeah, we'll talk know. about that to understand. Their fleet isn't you on the board You get to see yet. their cards. You get to see their cards. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. You get to see their fleet composition. You get to see what fighters are bringing, what upgrades are bringing. Okay, all that shit. I'm following that. What I mean is go look over at their fleet and say, okay, well, he's got 30 points of squadrons, or he's got 130 points of squadrons, or 80 points of squadrons, right? Those three different kind of tiers of squadrons determine how aggressive you can be with your obstacle placement. Uh, that and and... Do you have boosted comms? Do you have a way to activate them? But like when we played, I had obstacles at various ranges, right? So depending on where you dropped your ships and how fast you were flying them, 
I could move my squadrons closer or further from your ships, right? If you come in with three ships and they're all going speed three, boom, the squadrons get packed up some. If they're all going speed one, maybe the squadrons get moved forward some, you know? So think about depth there um, when, you're, when you're doing your squadron deployments for fighter ambush because you need to make up for the deployment disadvantage. I think however silly our Halloween Spooktacular episode is, is the perfect example of how to set up fighter ambush for second player advantage. Like you were saying, you were setting them up from range bands. It was like a triangle of, of each distance of, you had one like close range, another one, a couple range bands away, and then another. It was just like a perfect pyramid that allowed you to place your fighters anywhere within them. And have an advantage deploying them last. Yeah, and they were all just out of flak range. Yeah, they um, were all just out of flak range, which really fucking annoyed me. And then, but with flight controllers, I was able to move my ship in, and with boosted comms, I was able to activate things exactly when I needed to. Between that and a few rogues, yeah, it went literally perfectly, and I dropped a Madi ISD by the beginning of turn three. I want to say it was very quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and got a lot fun of uh, points from it. Fun. I, I think it's a B. You think it's a B? Yeah, I agree. It's a B, but like you've got to be, you've got to be well versed in how to set this up for second player advantage. You don't. It's a wanna... B because of the deployment disadvantage, right? But yeah, you do get potentially infinite points from it, so it's very strong. It is very strong, and you need like you need a way to. To get in there, maybe not on turn one, but you need to have boosted comms on something to reach them turn two, or your squadrons are going to be left in the dust. Yeah. Next one. Jamming barrier. Place obstacles as normal, excluding the station, and replacing the two debris fields with the two dust fields. So After not as normal. Fleets. Yeah. Don't Why say place obstacles as normal. Just <laughs> Why say. Why do do that? Remove the station and replace the dust fields with debris fields. After deploying fleets, the second player places two objective tokens in the setup area at distance one to five of each other. Special rule is while attacking, if line of sight is traced across the line between the two objective tokens, the attacker must choose and remove half of the dice from the attack pool round down before rolling. <sighs> what do you think of this card? Listen, dude. What the fuck is this card? Like, why after... Like, I just... I'm so annoyed by it because what is it doing for me? I don't understand removing half of the dice. I hate that. Why does that, why, that's not helping me. I want my dice to kill the opponent. I don't get this. I think this is like a way of, after the fact, giving squadron fleets an advantage and more bulk, you know? But then why aren't they taking something like Fighter Ambush so that they could get more victory tokens? This is one of those cards that it does something to the board, but it doesn't do anything for me winning more. I want to win more. I want more points than my opponent. This does nothing for that. This card, I think, is only useful in specific scenarios. Tell me some. First is... The problem is that 
what you want to be able to do is when you see a certain type of fleet to suddenly put this in your list but that's not how this game works <laughs> yeah that's not how this game uh, works if i saw like vader psi moons right like red dice monster lists uh mc80s with akbar or assault frigates with akbar or a bunch of architons with enhanced armament and like this this is a list that wants to like chug down the board and chuck red dice at long range and and i am i am a like a fleet with a bunch of black dice stuff and i want to get in close and you know apt their face off right yeah maybe i put this in my list because it kind of like right i put it between us and i'm like you can't really hurt me until i get close enough to roll my black dice at you apart from that it's useless it's just like and i hate the dust fields as an obstacle because it just cancels attacking yeah and it just it's just not i don't vibe with this card at all like if yeah, if someone is listening to this and they're like jamming barrier lets me get my black dice ship in range without being damaged good for you i just hate this one this is a d for me this is a d card i no agree can, it's a d. i would never like it just if you suddenly get fucked over and the other opponent also has black dice ship and right out activate you you can't hit them but then suddenly they're hitting you uh, you right. fucking lose and there's no yeah. way to make up for that there's no victory points there's nothing yeah i agree it it negatively impacts both players equally for some reason except for the fact that you get to set it up that's exactly the reason it's a negative impact for both players not just for first player which is what i want well, this would be great player. if it only made first player cut their dice pool in half. Yeah, right? It's like, why, why is second player getting fucked over? I don't get it. it Alright, planetary just be... ion cannon. Okay. Set up. After placing obstacles, the second player places three objective tokens in the play area beyond distance five of both players' edges. Special rule. At the end of the command phase, the second player may choose one enemy ship at distance one to three of an objective token and remove that token to shoot the ship with four blue dice. Attack is treated at being medium range, can't be obstructed, can target any hull zone, and has a blue crit. Defender must choose an exhausted defense token. What think you of Planetary Ion Cannon? This is one of the only objective cards that doesn't give you victory points that I think is very good. Mm, interesting. Why? Well, like, it adds more dice and more attacks to your whole fleet. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is one to three is not small at all. If you put these like in a little, I don't know, triangle in the center, you're going to get two of them off in the game for sure. I mean, if you have a good idea of where your opponent wants to go, you might be able to get all three. And being able to attack at the end of the command phase before anything else goes that's pretty significant so you're starting off with one an advantage and if you get lucky you can exhaust you get to have one of their their defense tokens exhausted which is good what do you think about this this card hmm? what say you 
this is this is like a yellow objective for someone who doesn't know what they want their fleet to do. Yeah. Like you said, it's just like I just I want to like get maybe two more or three more blue dice attacks of four dice during a turn. Like, okay, I'll bring it. Right? It doesn't really some of these these yellow objectives completely fixate the battle around that objective, right? Like fire lanes or fighter ambush, right? The whole thing is different now. Yeah. Planet Iron Cannon is like, this is a death match. With advantage. But second player, yeah. But second player can get up to 12 blue dice extra during the game. Yeah, I agree. But that's if you pretty significant. Time, if, you, if you place these in the right spot, and you time this shot to go off simultaneously, like on the same turn where you're wanting to, like, you know, really delete a ship. It's great. Yeah. You have to, you have to be, you have, this card is for a planner. If you're planner. a planner who's like, turn two, this is all going to be here. He's going to be here. This is where this is, right? Then it's like, okay, turn three, this ion cannon is going to fire. Turn four, this ion cannon is going to But you can only do one a turn, right? So you need to know where shit's going to be each turn. And guess what? They see those stupid targets on the field. They're going to try to avoid them. So you need to find a way to make sure that they get near them. It's just there's a lot of it is a lot things of that need to go according to plan for this to fire. If, they, if, you just, if it just shoots and nothing else shoots that ship that turn... Just gonna fucking engineering. It's it's probably gonna do two or three damage, and they're gonna engineering it. And if it, like you said, four blue dice. What does four blue dice remind you of? An interdictor. How much damage does an interdictor do? Two. Two. Either it gets two accuracies and two damage goes through, or it gets one accuracy and they brace, or they redirect, or they get no accuracies and they brace and it's still two. Three hits and an accuracy is your best case scenario, right? Yeah, you can block the brace and then do three damage. Well, it's it's two hits, a crit, and an accuracy is the best because then they have to exhaust one. Sure. Now the thing with planetary ion cannon is I think that this objective fits really well with second player MSU lists because MSU likes to have more hits than the opponent. That's true. That's how they win games. Like if Running you've got a big ISD, defense tokens. Yeah, if you've got a big ISD and you're first player and you're getting hit like five times. Uh, you're taking a lot of fucking damage. And then next right. turn happens, and you're out of defense tokens. I think that's what Planetary Ion Cannon wants to be in. It wants to be in MSU lists that are going up against uh, big ISD MC30 lists, or MC80 lists. And, I mean, if you're, if you're a big list, if you have, you have big ships in your fleet, uh, you don't take this. It's, there you go. That's the problem with planetary ion cannons. Yeah, it's a C. It's, yeah, this is probably the hardest C of all the yellow objectives. All right, I need you to control yourself now, okay? No, all right. First, the Corellian conflict objectives for yellow are way better yeah. than the red ones. The red ones were god awful, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Okay. What What are we at next? Oh shit! This is why you're telling I told me to you control, to control yourself. yourself. <laughs> I cannot be contained, man. Holy shit! Abandoned mining right. facility. Abandoned mining facility. The second player places the station in the center of the setup area. The center seems vague to me. 
Where is the center? It could be anywhere. It's, or is no, it exactly in the center? It is exact center. It is as center okay. as you can get. So the very center. The very center. Then starting with the second player, the players alternate placing the remaining obstacles, adding two purgle and two dust fields, and excluding the asteroid fields at distance two to five of the station. So all of the obstacles go within distance two to five of the station, and they are two purgle, two dust fields, and two debris fields? Magnifico. Fields. Magnifico. After deploying fleets, each of the second player's ships gains an engineering token. <sighs> each, each ship can resolve the following effect. Engineering, you may spend engineering points to gain victory tokens from one station or one dust field at distance one. If the obstacle is a station, gain a token for each three points you spend. If that obstacle is a dust field, gain one token for each two points you spend. Then if the obstacle is a dust field and you gain more than one victory token, remove that obstacle from the play area. I've been trying Go to get ahead. you to pick this objective for like four months now. I have no reason to do that to myself. This is one of those objectives that I want to play because of just how hard it would make me win. It's, it's like engineering fire lanes where you just, it, the potential for victory points is so extreme that nobody picks it. But it seems like so much fun to play. I want to play this card. All, all of the debris is in the middle, and I can just farm them out for fucking tokens. Amazing. What do you think about this? Why do you, why do you never pick this one? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because you're going to march in there, Let's say that you have an interdictor. Now, an interdictor gets how much engineering? Uh, well, it has engineering five normally. But with five. the token, it would have eight. Eight engineering. <laughs> so if you walk up to a dust field, an engineering command token and dial, mm -hmm. you, get, you get four 10-point uh, victory tokens. Is that correct? I mean, if you would play it like that, which is not how I would play it, because I would have other ships that would spend their token to get 10, and then 10, and then 10, and then the interdictor so would go, and then get 4. The dust field actually gets removed when you get more than one token at a time from it. Right? At a time, yes. So you have to farm it up with your little ships first, yes, and get like 50 points or whatever, maybe and 30 the, points, right? Yeah, yeah like then 30 the points, comes in and, and then gets, the interdictor goes. And then, and then the interdictor comes in and gets another 40 points, right? So you get 70 points from that dust field. You get 70 points from the other dust field. All right, now you're at 140, and you haven't even started farming the fucking... Well, the problem, uh, the problem with talking about an interdictor with the abandoned mining facility is I'm going to take grab shift reroute. Right. And, and pull so them closer to you. All of the obstacles, after you deploy... I get to move them in the most fuck-all position to screw you over. I'll pull the station towards me. I'll pull all the dust fields towards me. And I'll give you all the bad shit, like the purgles and the, the fucking debris fields. Right. And I'll just farm them for however right. long I would like. And then when you're getting close, like round three-ish, then I'll destroy the dust fields. So right. I'll start with like 150 points. And then you're starting round four trying to kill an interdictor. 
Yeah. It's like if fire lanes let you get your get more than one victory token for each uh, uh, objective token, depending on the number of guns you could point at it. Yeah. Like, no, thank you. This is obviously an A. Uh, I won't, you know, never pick it because if someone put this in their list, they're they're probably doing some shenanigans to you. Yeah, for sure. It's it's like. If this is in someone's list and like they have an interdictor, they're gonna fuck you over with it. It's like I think the interdictor has the most engineering in the game, right? It's got yeah. more than a and an SSD can, right? Um, SSD maybe? has four. Does am, it? I, am I right? Let me see. I don't know. Yeah, the the prototype SSDs only have four engineering. Yeah. So the interdictor. <laughs> <laughs> and out engineering SSDs. Wild. Yeah, this is an A card for interdictors. Everyone else can fuck off. Yep. It's it's obnoxious. It's obnoxious how many tokens you can get with this. Yeah. Moving on. Never gonna master attack tactics. Oh wait, that's uh what what I guess it's an A for interdictors and a C for everything else. No, I, I would say it's like a uh, the D? I don't know. It's it's not good if you don't have a lot of engineering. You need a plan for how it's going to go down, and that typically means interdictors. Yeah. All right, Asteroid Tactics. The second player places... Oh, I love to hear it. The second player places all obstacles, excluding the station. When one of the first player's ships or unique squadrons overlaps an asteroid field, it may recover one of its non-scatter defense tokens. That token must be exhausted. When one of the second player's ships or unique squadrons overlaps an asteroid field, that obstacle has no effect, and that ship or squadron may recover one of its non-scattered defense tokens or may ready one of its defense tokens. After the start of each squadron phase, after Exegorths perform attacks, remove each Exegorth obstacle from the play area. And then that's kind of weird how they explain that rule, but because you're like, wait, they haven't talked about Exegorths yet. That's right. At the end of each round, the second player places the Exegorth obstacles, both of them, each touching a different obstacle. Tell me about this objective. Well, number one, getting to place all the obstacles is fantastic. I mean, it's nice. But like, how two, does this objective make you feel? It makes me feel invincible. Invincible? What? Really? I get to march my shit all over the obstacles. I don't care about them. I'll recover tokens on them. I'm going to smash and stomp on the obstacles while you flee before my fleet as it recovers its defense tokens. Does that help you, though? Like, I feel like this, does, this is like an objective that says a lot, but doesn't really do anything. You know? Uh, yeah. Am I wrong here? Uh, I don't think I am. It's like... You get that advantage, but is that... It doesn't... How many victory points do you score in this one? None. No. You don't get victory points from this objective. You don't get to win harder. If you're at a disadvantage, you stay there. I think that this will be an objective that will be really, really fun for me to play with my first Republic list. Yeah, you think so? Because I can regen my salvos. Okay. But like, and I can salvo multiple times a turn, right? Like I can salvo 
and then land on a rock, and then you shoot me, and then I salvo again, and it's still there for next turn. Look, dude, if you can manage to maneuver your your shitty yaw acclimators, I'm gonna use a bail from, from one obstacle to another to recover your defense tokens. You know what? You deserve to win. You just deserve it. If you can pre-plan that shit, you win. Okay, I'll just say that. Astro Tactics is a nothing burger. It's a D. It's a nothing burger. Holy shit! It's a fucking nothing burger, folks. Uh, This does nothing for your fleet. Fleet and being. After deploying fleets, the first player assigns each of their ships one objective token. Then the second player assigns each of their ships a number of objective tokens equal to that ship's command value. Say that again. The first player gives each of their ships an objective token. The second player gives each of their ships an objective token for the number equal to their command value. Okay. When a ship with an objective token is declared as the target of an attack, it may discard an objective token for ready one of its exhausted defense tokens. At the end of the round, if a ship is at distance one to five of one of the three-foot edges of the play area, or at distance one to three of a player edge, remove an objective token from that ship. At the end of the game, each player gains one victory token for each enemy ship in the play area that does not have an objective token. Okay. Now, this is one of the objectives that I made a fleet intending to use fleet in being. We played a game with it, and then I was like, but why? Why do I get victory tokens only for the ships still on the board? <laughs> it's like I I'm trying to kill your ships, obviously, because I want to win games. Why only the ones on the board? Tell me. So when I didn't do the goal of getting all your shit off the table. I don't get those victory points to win harder? Why is that? I don't understand. That's my first problem with this one. Okay. Second problem is it's like both player edges, one to three. I'm normally slightly aggressive when I'm playing. Yeah. So at like round three, I'll be in the opponent's deployment zone. Why am I getting fucked over for that? I don't know. Fleet and being... It's like... It wants you to be an MSU list, but it also wants the enemy to be an MSU list, but it also doesn't want any ships to die, because it's like... (laughs) Exactly, it's like weird. At the end of the game, the more alive ships that have been shot at give you more points... But, but also they a, kind of want you to shoot at them so that they spend their objective tokens. Right, yeah, you get victory tokens for ships that don't have an objective token. So you want to shoot each of their ships one time. And it wants everything to be in the middle of the board. Right. But, as... but like, if, if I build a list with this shit in it and you walk up with a two-ship ISD Quasar list, you're going to be like, well, perfect, I'll pick Fleet and Being because the most he can get is 30 points from it. Exactly, exactly. It's like a way so, out for your opponent. I think this is kind of a, a F status. Yeah, it's like, 
It's just an F. Also, because if you're building a list around using fleet and being, because you're like, oh, well, I can only use my brace like twice a turn. If I can use it like four or five times a turn, that's better. No, it's fucking not. There's only so much damage your ship can take. Okay? Even if it if, braces every single shot. Even if it braces every single shot, like you can use your brace like four times at most. Right. And then your ship's just dead. Because it, it, it doesn't have that much health. Right. Like this doesn't help you that much. Right. Unless you're like a Gazanti with ECM and Minister Tua and you can just scatter that shit every fucking time. But it's like, whoopty fucking do. That doesn't win you a game. Right. It's a weird objective F tier. Fuck off fleet and being. You're weird. And I'm like, this is such a weird fleet, card. Fleet dude. and being is that weird kid who like eats his lunch like by the trash can. And you're like, like oh, what are you doing? Over I was going to say it's that like, weird kid that eats his boogers by the trash can. <laughs> I mean, I was I just went lunch. You don't have to be mean, dude. Jesus Christ. All right. Rift Ambush. The second player places all obstacles. You know I love that. Add yeah. the Gravity Rift and two Dust Fields, excluding the station. This one is like, uh, I want obstacles everywhere. Yeah. I want eight obstacles on the board. The Gravity Rift must be placed beyond distance five of both players' edges. And okay. After deploying fleets, the second player can choose one enemy ship. That ship must execute a speed one maneuver for the of nothing. The second player may increase or decrease that speed that ship speed by one to a minimum of zero. And then the rule is once per activation, after a ship executes a maneuver, if it's within distance one to two of the rift, it must make another one speed maneuver with a yaw of blank. If that ship belongs to the second player, it may use its speed one yaw value. Rift does not have the ability to temporarily reduce a ship's speed during this maneuver. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you want to take this one or do you want me to take this one? Well, go ahead and start us off. I hate this objective. Why? This is, this is the Constantine problem. Okay? Yeah. Where you're, you're picking an objective that fucks with your opponent's speed values, and that's not fun to play against for one also if you're putting rift ambush into your objective pool um why aren't you picking a better objective yeah this adds the gravity rift which you know does its thing where it slows and speeds down blah, 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 whatever it does um but it doesn't do anything to help you win the game other than moving shit around which isn't that helpful to be honest, like, okay, you decrease the ship speed to a minimum of zero. It's like, oh, I can, like, park them there, right? It's like, yeah, but they're still fucking first player, man. They'll just activate that ship, hit you, and then run away. Oh, shit. And if it's by the, the gravity rift, it gets to move a little bit more. You know, it's like, get fucked. It's, it doesn't help you. It doesn't do anything for you. Other than I want to play with Gravity Rift and some Dust Fields and fuck the station. I don't want to play the station, you know. It's just yeah. bad. Now, I can't think of a scenario where I'd pick Rift Ambush for my objective pool and be like, oh, yeah, 
this is really gonna hit my opponent like I'll just be able to take on anything with this you know it doesn't help it like if you're in a situation where you're like oh shit like one of my ships accidentally clipped like too close to the gravity rift like now I have to move speed one into close range of like a kuat now you're fucked man you fucked yourself that's what this objective card says to me don't pick it don't put it in your pool and think you're being clever running constantine and and interdictors you know all their shit is going to be speed zero and they'll never be able to move it's like not moving isn't that bad if they're not actually at speed zero it's just not that terrible for ships they'll be fine they can still use their tokens and still shoot you. They're not losing anything. You're losing out on objective tokens, victory tokens that give you points that make up for not having first player, which is the whole reason that we're doing these episodes is telling yeah. you what objectives suck like Rift Ambush. Okay, 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 okay. Competitively, Rift Ambush is mediocre at best. The problem is, you know, if I'm first player and I see Rift Ambush and I pick it, how do I counter the problem that Rift Ambush places at my feet? And the answer is simple. I dial in navs. <laughs> That's all. I just That's dial it. in a bunch of navs, which, guess what? Maybe turn one, you take a nav token and then dial navs, and then it's like Rift Ambush does nothing to you. There you nav go. Nav is or already maybe... the best way to set your dial. So, and, or maybe you nav and go up from speed one to three, and then you get an extra boost from the gravity rift. Now the gravity rift is helping you get closer to your enemy. Right. And maybe that's what you wanted, right? Like as first player, maybe you wanted to get your ISD kuat in really fast. Right. Well, now it takes one less turn to do that. Congratulations. Like, it gives first player too much ability to play around the objective and mitigate its advantage quote-unquote its advantage because this is another thing that kind of like sets the game to almost an equal board state and like what you do to hurt first player quote-unquote is move one of their ships one speed forward which is at like the beginning of the game the worst is doesn't do anything yeah you don't want the enemy ships to be close to you it's it's an it's another situation like Jamming Barrier where it sets an interesting battlefield up and then you have a deathmatch. And this might be fun and thematic and cool. So if you're looking to have a fun game of Armada with a friend, I bet you Rift Ambush would do it. But if you're going to your store champs, like you're probably not putting this in. You're probably not. You're not. Yeah. If you're trying to win a game, Rift Ambush just isn't the way to do it. Because... If they don't want to go close to you, then they've already dialed a nav and prepared for the extra speed one maneuver. Yeah. Like, if they're going speed two, they're like, oh, I just, I want to be at the speed two position. I'll just dial in a speed one, do a, do a one click, and then I'll do the gravity rift boost, and I'll be where I want to be. It's not that much of a fucking problem. Right. Yeah, and on top of that, um, the only other thing I'll add is like, if you if you want to min max rift ambush, like I guess take red dice fleets, 
like broadside red dice fleets so you can kind of like circle around the scary stuff and just from long range while they get slowed down in it like that's your best if you know if i have to give you a how do you play Rift Ambush? Like that's how you play it, I guess. But like, there's better objectives for. for oh that. yeah, it's I mean, like, it's like, yeah, it's... but maybe you want to play something different and fun. There's Rift Ambush. I would it's only a... ever play Rift Ambush if I was like drawing from a random stack of objective cards. It's a D objective, and that's already with its plus one for fun. I agree with that. Actually, I agree. It's not an F. It's just it doesn't give you much of an advantage and. It's kind of uninteresting to me, but it's not offensive like some of the other objectives we've talked about today. Which one is the most offensive? Let me see. Um, offensive. I think Jamming Barrier is the most offensive. It's, it's like, it's like uh, targeting beacons, you know? It's yeah. like where it's, I'm like, what is this fucking doing? At least Jamming Barrier, you have a wider range and the first player doesn't get to place the tokens as well. Yeah. Jamming Barrier is like the good version of targeting beacons, where it's like still super uninteresting and you don't get advantage, but maybe you can work out some strategy where you're trying to like, you know, kite your ships in. Like maybe you, you position the two dust fields and then put the jamming barrier in between the two dust fields so it's even like a, a wider range of not being attacked and then you just you know, truck all your black dice ships through that, and then they cross the path, and then they fucking destroy them. You know, that could happen for sure. But what could also happen is uh, your opponent sees the fucking jamming barrier, and uh, being not a fucking imbecile, just goes over it, and then shoots your ship as normal. And their first player, so they have an advantage at deathmatch, which is what you're playing now. And then they win the game. There you go. Did you have fun? No. So you picked a bad objective. Jamming Barrier is the most offensive to me. There we go. Everyone can tell that you're offended by Jamming Barrier because you just did a second rant about Jamming Barrier. <laughs> it was just like... You looked at it and got like triggered. It. I got triggered, dude. It's fucking not good. All right. Well, that's our show. That's all for now. <laughs>